Welcome to Half a Cinch. This is a music podcast where we talk about the albums of 1972 because they are celebrating the 50th anniversary. I'm Mike. Uh, JR has the week off again, but we're here with good old Gabe. Say hi. 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 Good old Gabe. I like that. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. It's alliterative. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. G-O-G. I'm here. I'll take it. It's very good. Yeah. Uh, this week we are talking about a uh, let me let me see if I got this right a a John Cash. Uh, have you ever heard of this guy? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, uh, he's definitely a gospel singer. I think this is uh... yeah. oh gospel. Yeah. Uh, oh wait a minute. I'm sorry. Here are my notes. I got it. Uh, Johnny Cash. He oh, Johnny. Johnny Cash, the man yeah. in black. That guy that guy okay yeah yeah yeah. um says here he was a a famous country music uh singer i guess um yeah i think he had a little bit of an impact um just a just a a smidge just a cinch just a cinch of an impact so yeah just (laughs) maybe just half a cinch to half a cinch that's right yeah <laughs> uh yeah johnny cash that's who we're talking about uh this is his 39th album overall uh that i don't know blew my mind i don't blew know my mind i don't know how many studio albums they're just counting this like overall just like releases um the record is called a thing called love um you know to be honest didn't really know a whole lot of songs off this one. What about you? No, same. I, I couldn't have told you. Um, I, I, I didn't know any of the songs off this album. Researching it was fun because it turned up some interesting nuggets. Um, and in the, it seems like in the world of Johnny Cash, this was an important album. But on the other side of this album, you know, and kind of growing up as a fan of his, uh, while he was later in his life, this was not on my radar. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone knows Johnny Cash, like his, you know, he came, he came uh, through to the the big times in the sixties. Of course that was, that was his decade. And so it was interesting that like here we're starting like a new, starting a new decade for him, a new era, but it's, he's still kind of, still kind of just doing his thing. Well, what do you, I mean, are you a country music fan? So I'm a country, I, I'm a fan of, of this type of country music, the, the sure. real, the boppy two and four, you know, it's, it's not quite outlaw country, but, you know, the circle of people that he was reckoning with, the time period that it came out of, you know, and, and Merle Haggard and Waylon Jennings, mm-hmm. uh, you know, their, their contributions. Um, early and early so, on in your life, even? Or did early on in my life. So, no, it was, it was, all, you know, it comes back to, and, and the other podcast I was on, you know, I mentioned um, that my introduction to music really related to time in the car with family and traveling. And so um, in the rotation of stations, uh, there was, it, you know, again, it was called Outlaw Country. Um, I can't remember the call numbers for it, but it, it just pushed that. Um, so yeah, 60s and 70s country. Uh, we always had a couple records or CDs in the mix as a family, um, uh, Hank Williams Jr. And, and, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it was all, all, um, just, just, a, a like, a, it wasn't the focus, but again, it was always in rotation in one capacity or another. See, 
yeah, it in the car with my family, especially my mom, it was it was modern country. And at the time for me as a kid, it was it was 80s and then you know somewhat into the 90s. And uh, I tuned it out. Like I didn't like it, didn't want to have anything to do with it. Uh, it just it was that that was like my impression of it for a long time. Like I I just didn't even get into like the classic country because I just stayed away from the genre of you know for, yeah. for a long time. And then of course when I you know started to broaden my horizons like later in life uh, in my twenties, you know then then that's when I I sought out like not not a lot of it but the icons you know a few a few of the yeah. icons johnny johnny cash obviously um the top one uh had the had the poster of him with the you know looking cool with the cigarette hanging out of his mouth backstage um mm-hmm. you know and and to be honest like uh my 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 big entry into johnny cash was the was the american series that he did with rick rubin where it was yeah. just, you know, him just grabbing all of these songs from from music history from all over and just yeah. laying them down simply, you know, laying them down with like just simple, you know, simple uh, musicians in the in the in the background or just him by himself. Yeah, and I mean, it was it was it was very voice heavy, and that was a that was a box set that we had in the house as well. Um, the album uh, uh, walk the line or i walk the line was a a record that we had in the family and so so you know that was i i did have an idea of his earlier sound but like i said i thought before before committing to this album with you i thought i knew a little something about johnny cash and the fact that this was his 39th album yeah blew my mind i mean just blew my mind yeah so keep, keep in mind in 72 this was the studio album then he did, I think there's a Christmas album. Christmas album to end, yeah, at the end of the year. And, and there, there was like, you know, I don't know if it was live or if it was some sort of concept album, but it was like a, it was like for the troops kind of album or something. I, I forget what it was, but it was like, it was like just a celebration of America sort of thing or whatever. I, I And I don't know if that was live, if it was like a, like a, uso show or something but yeah those were the three that he put out in 72 and if you're thinking that he's putting out anywhere between you know three and five albums a year so i'm looking at his discography and from uh 59 uh just on it's two albums a year um there you go yeah just (laughs) it's and it's it's yeah it's it's hilarious three albums and six um and that's as soon as quickly brought up in front of me but the point being he was a very busy person and and yeah um it's amazing how he could you know present himself he could walk the line as this bad boy and still show up on all these gospel albums christmas albums and family (laughs) family albums so um he he was he was a brand specialist before that was even even really a thing so yeah i mean mean, obviously like the church and religion was was a big part of his life for a long time just because where he came from there was there was that time in his life that era where he was he was the bad boy 
of that time and you know there's all this controversy about him performing for prisoners and all this Mm -hmm. but then of course like like with a lot of people uh you know the drugs had like you know took hold and he saw like the the only way out was to you know just get born again and that's when you know he started he started cozying up with guys like billy graham (laughs) yeah then it, it it was just kind of like oh man you're like you're you're shaking hands with the wrong people here yeah uh, i but of course it was you know those guys were very influential on a lot of people especially those that have hit rock bottom and they think they think that this is what they need to get their life back in order but he was still you know born again or not he was still putting out like great music yeah oh yeah yeah and, um uh, yeah, so I mean, um, this album. We'll talk about this one. Uh, a, a thing called Love. It's it's a quick one. It's like half an hour, ten tracks. There's uh, not. Yeah, there's there's not a song that's longer than like three minutes and thirty seconds on the whole thing. Average songs are like, uh, yeah, two and yeah. a half minutes. Which is, you know, the last, the last album, you know, just to give, give a shout out to the last time I visited with you while we were talking about Stevie Wonder, who was putting out seven to 10 minute album, you know, songs. So, (laughs) you know, it just shows in 1972 what the range was. Uh, Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good ones there. There's some that like, you know, I, I didn't really care much for their take or leave songs, but going down the track list here without looking at your notes, Gabe. Mm. I want to I want to play a little game with you when you go when we go down the track list here and I'm okay I'm calling this game cash or credit okay when you're gonna tell me when we get to the song you're gonna tell me if the man in black himself wrote this song oh my god that's that is so funny that is so it's it's unfortunate you yeah if he didn't write it of course that's credit okay right. okay i'm sure you've i'm sure you've already looked these up but turn well off, it's uh, turn off your notes uh, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah yeah i'm stepping away from everything yeah see absolutely if, see if you can you can go by memory here uh so track one is uh kate uh kate. this he, kate yeah that's the opening song this was a, a his third single off of the album um this it's a little it's a little ditty um, about um, a man uh, <laughs> killing his wife because she cheated on him. You know that old chestnut, that old hey violence, right? Yeah. And and of course, and of course, it's he he pleads with her in the song. He's like, "Why? Why did you make me do this? This is this is your fault." It's um yeah, it's that good old good old toxic toxic masculinity toxic it's a common yeah even a, even a, it's not the first time that johnny cash has sung about oh about, absolutely uh, not shooting his old ladies down and I, i'll tell you as a child uh not to digress too hard but i thought that the songs that a singer performed were from their life i thought it was a story they were telling about from their life so i walked around thinking that johnny cash <laughs> had shot a lot of people i also used to think that anytime couples were duetting together in music videos that they were a couple in real life 
Yeah, you know, and we're talking about, you know, up to age eight before yeah, I kind of grew a, out of that notion. But what a yeah. weird and, and, and sort of disturbing perspective for a child to have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, MTV had an impact on people. There's no doubt about that. But so yeah. to digress. All right. Um, what I know about this song is it's in very good Johnny Cash style. I, I recall without looking at my notes, he did not write this one. This is a credit song. Correct. Now, do you know who wrote this? Do you remember offhand? With not without looking at my notes. I, I couldn't tell you, but it's fabulous that we're playing this game. And when we come to the end, I'll tell you why. Uh, it, this was written by a legendary country songwriter named Marty Robbins. Uh, if you know the genre, you know this guy. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm actually going to give this song sort of a thumbs down. I, I mean, it's, you know, it's got that good Johnny Cash, like rhythm, that good melody. His, you know, his voice. But, but these, these songs, like, you know, he was writing them up until, you know, on the American series, one of his big singles, he really saw that was Delia's Gone, which is just kind of the exact same song. Yeah. Not really in, not really into the, uh, the, the the violence uh, uh, towards women due to infidelity infidelity sort of yeah. thing but uh, you know you don't listen to the lyrics and it's it's an okay song yeah yeah uh, moving on track two Melva's wine this is actually one of my yes. favorite songs on this album just okay cut- so I, I with that I this is definitely a credit one. Um, and the reason why I know that, and the reason why I can, uh, some theory I can apply to this is it has more than a, a three chord progression in it. And <laughs> yeah. my, you know, in, in going through, I, I, I pondered this as well as we were going through this album. Things really stood out to me about Johnny Cash written songs versus songs from other people. And it's a beautifully sung song and it really speaks to, Johnny Cash as a voice and and as an instrument, but yeah, this is a little this this uh, this one's a little bit more I, I don't know lyrically complicated than than some other Johnny Cash songs I've yeah, encountered. Yeah, and, and to contrast the you know the opener, this one is more about like you know showing the appreciation and the love that he has for his partner and her ability to create this intoxicating wine that he just he absolutely loves. And also mm-hmm. gives a little shout out to Chicago in the song, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I, I like that lyric where he talks about, he's got a brother up Chicago way and he, yeah. he, he might go visit him someday, someday, but as long as his town that he's in, it's Kingston Springs, as long as that town stays beautiful. And as long as Melva is there, it, he's never going to go visit his brother. He just, you know, it's just, it's a, a fleeting thought, but yeah. I think, it, it does imply, it doesn't come right and say, but it does imply that Melva actually does die. In yes. It does, well, yeah, she cooked her, cooked her last, cooked yeah. her last wine. Yeah. yeah. And so the, and then the very end, it's like this very loving thought of, uh, I guess, you know, I guess I can leave now, but. But I, I won't. Yeah. But I won't. Not, not as long as she's, she's still here, as long as she's still sleeping. Mm-hmm. Uh, quote sleeping you know it, it definitely evokes kind of the concept of the hound dog resting on the the master's grave you know yeah. even after it's passed and yeah but no, it, this it's, a, was, it's one of my two favorite songs on the album for sure 
Uh, and yeah. you're right. This is a credit. This is written by a guy named Vincent Matthews. Never heard of him. Don't know anything about him. But yeah, uh, Vince, you wrote a good one. There. Good song, sir. Uh, my other favorite song, of course, is track three. It's the, this is the title track, uh, A Thing Called Love. This was a song that was, it's been covered by lots of people. Elvis Presley. Um, yeah. Uh, and this, it's a, this is a, another great one. It's, it's just a, just a good storytelling song. Um, but when it, you know, it boils down to it, it, it's, it's all about like, you know, the, the, the strength of the emotion that can, that can overcome even like, uh the biggest toughest guys you know the yeah. toughest problems um so oh yeah this was this was the first single actually off of the album uh it peaked at number two on the charts it was and this was actually johnny cash's biggest hit in europe did you read that i did read that and it's sort of you know it it caught me off guard um and i think i i can't remember if it was this one or the other one where, where um it was you know, supposedly big in Canada, you know, just mm-hmm. huge in Canada. And I had, uh, um, I had Crow's voice from Mystery Science Theater 3000 kick off my head going, whoop de shit, big <laughs> in Canada. But, um, but yeah, yeah. Um, and I, so I know that this is a credit one because I do know who wrote this song. Yeah. Um, are you familiar with Hubbard, Jerry Hubbard slash Jerry Reed? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I know, I know Jerry Reed. Uh, so, mutual friend of ours Ben a mm. big Jerry Reed fan got me into a lot of his stuff yeah well I I knew Jerry Reed um as an actor um and my grandmother used to love uh Burt Reynolds movies and yeah. so you know Jerry Reed's Smoking the Bandit and con- I mean as well as an actor contributed heavy to to um you know soundtracks and whatnot but he was Bama McCall in the movie Gator and he used to scare the crap out of me as a mm. little kid and you know just throughout life he shows up as this heavy actor you know he's he's the the big bad um uh coach and the water boy and all this and yeah. that so I only knew as I only knew him as an actor I had no idea that he had this life as you know a Grammy winning ass kicking you know, talented guitar playing musician yeah. um, and writer, tremendous, tremendous writer. So um, that was a, uh, I was probably in my twenties when, when, um, you know, I started getting into IMDB and, and saw the connection there. And it was two, two, and two entertainment worlds colliding uh, when that happened. So a multi-talented your, guy, very, go ahead, go ahead. Did your grandmother have the, um, poster of burt reynolds on the the bearskin rug no but she had a calendar of burt reynolds oh I and bet that picture did. was in it oh. it was like <laughs> yeah it was it was burt reynolds swamp swamp life you know swamp time gator and white lightning and and all of that um so yeah yeah it was <laughs> uh yeah so yeah this i mean not knowing that this was his biggest hit in europe that was that was kind of cool to find out and you know, not knowing that you and, did this song was. And so sort of um, uncharacteristically lyrical, you know, it, yeah. you know, I was talking about earlier about how how Johnny Cash is sort of the master of the three chord progression. And this 
it has ups and downs. It takes you on this roller coaster. It hits you in your eyes. La da 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 da. I mean, yep. it, it really, it has a lot more optimism than uh, some of the other, you know, shoot them down Johnny Cash albums uh, or songs you hear out there. So, it's, I mean, it's, um, it's, so yes. clearly, it's clearly Jerry Reed. I mean, if you're familiar with this, yes, stuff, yeah. you hear this one, you're like, yep. Uh, okay, moving on. Track four. I promise you, cash your credit. Um, uh, I promise you. I think this is a cash one, isn't it? This is a cash, yeah. And this is all about just basically like, it's like a wedding vow song. Uh, it, the whole, yeah. all of it is just, just basically telling someone that, you know, I promise you, if you, you marry me, you stay with me, that, you know, I, I'm, I'll do my best mm-hmm. to make your life great. Um, it's yeah. I, I can see this one. I can see this one being like played at weddings. definitely played at weddings and kind of relating to johnny cash as a writer you know what i what i honed in as i was doing exactly what you did which was just comparing kind of his songs versus people ones that other ones have written johnny cash lyrics words it's very uh single syllable based you know, he, he strings together a lot of short words and he stretches those words out as he's kind of, kind of, uh, you know, serenading or harmonizing, you know, whatever he's doing. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, this one, I remember as I was going through it being like, yeah, this is a Johnny Cash one for sure. It's funny you say that because in a, a couple songs earlier, it might've been Melva's Wine or I think called Love, but um, you say that like, as you know, the, the, keeping the sentences short keeping the lines like short single syllables sort of things i noticed that there there are a few songs that you can tell like when he it's something that he won't write that he actually like tries to rush all of the words in to like fit to the melody and some sometimes they're they're a little awkward they're a little like they're a little uh, a little bit yeah a little staggered or something but he still makes it work because his voice is so great um yeah Okay. Oh, I I will say this was a an ode ode to June. I do remember that he wrote this one for his wife. Oh, okay, cool. No. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, track five. Papa was a good man. This was the second single off this album. Uh, this one only got to sixteen on the charts, unlike the other two singles, which did much better. Um, yeah. But so. this, I, you know, this. Uh, so a, I know this is a credit one. Mm-hmm. Um. And B, what a what a weird song to lead off with as a single, you know? I mean, it's not, mm-hmm. it's it's a, you know, it it it's it's tells a story. Obviously, I mean, it's a narrative, right? Yep. It's not a te- it's not a terribly happy one, but it's a, you know, it has resolution to it. But just a strange pick, I feel like. Um, yeah. So families, you know, families could, in a could, car. They're tra- they're traveling to a new town. Uh, it, yeah. it's, it's implied that it's because Mama's crying, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's implied that it's because the the father has some troubles. He's he's got some he's got some drinking troubles. But she points out in the story that he hasn't stopped once to drink on this whole ride. <laughs> so he's, you know he's, he's good tra- man. He's trying. Yeah. That's He's the whole trying. Thing. Yeah. yeah. And he ultimately, you know, ultimately he, he overcomes it. Right. That's the, that's the, yeah. He, he, you know, she holds out for him and he, 
comes around, which is a great message. And, you know, I, I just, again, it's, you know, of the songs that they could have sat down and said, let's put this out as a single. Yeah, let's put this one out. Um, and on that's, the, a, uh, the B that's side, a unique one. On the B side of this uh, single was the track right before it, I Promise You. So, uh, yeah. so people had this one. People went out and bought this one. They would, you know, that's the A and I Promise You is the B. And then they, they flipped them in order when it came out on a full record. Yeah. But, but yeah, two, two of them, like, you know, a story about a family uh, on the road and the, the father's is, hasn't been, he hasn't been great. I mean, he's not like, I don't know, there's nothing implied that he's mistreating his family. It's just that he's causing a lot of problems with the drinking. Yeah. But then, mm-hmm. then the flip side of this is, is the marriage. <laughs> it's, it's the marriage. That's now. right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so this one was written by a guy named Hal Bynum, uh, another guy I've never heard of. Uh, I'm I'm yeah. sure I'm sure these guys wrote a ton of stuff for everybody. Right. That was the whole that was the whole point of like Nashville, right? If you can't you can't uh, play songs, you write them for other write people. songs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, track six, Tear Stained Letter. Uh, this is one that I did know because of the American series. He he redid this one. For that and this one came out on american four uh man comes around which i believe is the last yeah. last one he put out while he was alive oh that's interesting because this this one did slip my radar but when the man comes around as an album and a song you know from that series i think is absolutely amazing i mean that's yeah. that's one of the ones i celebrate from yeah you know, i, li- from I that. listened um, to that one a lot and i and i knew this song from that album yeah yeah well, this song is a cash song. Yeah. I know that. Um, this song is a, another weird song. This song yeah. is, is uh, definitely, it's a creepy, I'm going to write you a letter that shames you. Hope you don't kill yourself. Um, yeah. The, letter. The, yeah, the whole like uh, sort of um, tongue in cheek uh, joke in there about like, I hope you don't kill yourself because of this letter. Yeah. It's so weird. <laughs> Gets a little, that, yeah. yeah. I'm going to write you a super personal letter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, he even like, he says the word suicide. I hope you don't go do suicide or something like that. Like it's a weird way to. Well, it. to your point, you know, as you mentioned earlier that sometimes he gets into these, these, um, you know, these corners with lyrics versus, um, you know, rhythm and melody. And um, uh, he starts to sort of cram words in, in a strange way. Um, And so this is, this is a, I mean, this is a distinctly Johnny Cash song for all the reasons we've, (laughs) we've, we've sort of outlined. Um, And uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's one that really, it stands out because at first you're like, okay, Johnny Cash rhythm, Johnny Cash sound, um, and then you really start to listen to the song, and um, yeah, it, it it skeeved me a bit. It was it was a creepy song. I don't know anything about the history of the song or why it came out, but but yeah, it got oh, me. I I wonder what his good friend Billy Graham would have thought about this song here. Um, yeah, so you're yeah we we call this one. This is a cash yeah. Yeah, I so I do. I reserve the right to look at my notes after I've declared who the writer is. And sure. the one, the yeah. lyric that I wrote down that stood out to me was "Take me back, back or I'll shame you." That that hasn't aged. That hasn't aged well. That's, no. uh, 
Yeah, that doesn't fly today. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, uh, and I would say that I like the I like the redone version better, the one that he did. I I think it the the music of it is better when he re-recorded it. It um, I know it just has a better, it's got a better beat to it, a better like rhythm um, on the the Man Comes Around album. Yeah. Uh, track seven. Mississippi sand. So this one, this one is a, uh, it's a, a Carter and Cash one, right? This is a, a yeah. June and Johnny. Yeah, we'll, just one together, huh? Yeah, we'll call this one a Cash Plus. Cash with reward, uh, rewards, <laughs> Cash. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. June, yeah, he and June wrote this one. Um, this is another one. It's, this is a storytelling one that that has like uh, some some dark moments in it uh it does yeah leave him in the sand yeah talking about a uh you know he's a kid uh there's a girl that a young girl that he likes um and then this this traveling musician comes to town and um i you know implies doesn't come right and say it but implies that that he this traveling musician takes this this kid's crush and uh defiles her uh yeah i i mean i took it i i i read it as sort of a revenge situation or a or a vigilante like approach you know it wasn't something that was done out of out of jealousy but out of um uh more violation um and again it's dark it has that 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 johnny cash bop to it you know it has that sound so it's sort of presented as a little bit more optimistic but yeah you have that kind of fun twist i i'm sorry i won't say fun you have that twist <laughs> yeah. through the song yeah. uh it, it's yeah and then you know in the end when they catch the guy they say that we we take his we take his money and other things i i i, I find that line we take and other things kind of interesting like you're like um i you know, are they cutting this guy's balls off? Is that what they're saying? <laughs> yeah, what's what's leaving him? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and, the, and uh, the, the fact it's, that the fact that June helped write this song <laughs> is, even, is even funnier. Yeah, blood in the sand, Johnny. Make sure you say that blood blood in the sand line. Get yeah, that yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It, um, it's it's a good one, even though like you know the story is a little dark, but. Um, but yeah, well, and you know, you we as we mentioned, it's a narrative song. It is amazing. Um, all the songs we've talked about, so long, they take you so many different places, and again, each one is like under three minutes. You know, yeah. some of them are, are three minutes at max. I think some of them run at like three twenty. Uh, I think there's only like two songs on the album that are more than three minutes, but none of them are more than three minutes and twenty seconds, and um, they are just. Um, you know it's amazing the places you go <laughs> yeah it's kind of the um that like challenge for some writers is like uh you know write a, a, a like three page short story you know yeah uh, you know, mm-hmm. two, two page short story let's see what you can come up with yeah um it, yeah it's 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 cool I, I like that sort of challenge um track eight daddy what do you think about this one um, was Did this you... a cash song is this a johnny cash song oh we we got 
we got you. We stumped you on the. Oh, we stumped you on one. Oh, <laughs> okay. This is a credit. That's what I get for not. It's a credit song. Okay, gotcha. Written, All right. Written by a, a pair of brothers. I I'm assuming brothers Dan and Harold. Oh, uh, the Reed. Yeah. Okay. The two the two Reeds. All I have written down are are who wrote them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about the Reed brothers. Um, uh, this tell you about the Reed brothers. This one kind of like just uh, I don't know I I kind of I don't know I tuned tuned this one out this one just kind of went past me um, I mean it's an okay song but uh, I can't I, and to be honest like I I think I tuned it out so much I kind of forget what the song is about <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm assuming a father figure of some, some kind. yeah. Yep, as it went through, I, 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 yes, I'm sorry. Being called, if, if you, if you, I, in this moment, I can't tell you a line from the song off the top, <laughs> off the top of my head. So it's not the winner of of uh, of the album. Sorry, Reed, sorry, Reed Brothers, but swing and a miss. <laughs> I think this one was actually the B side too to uh, a thing called Love. Which okay. Is, which um, I mean, oof. You're, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna put this yeah. one up against that. I mean, people are just that B side is not even getting played. No one, yeah. no one is flipping this record over. Nobody's going nuts for it. Yep. Um, track nine, Arkansas Love and Man. Uh, so this is a credit. Yeah. Because I I remember um, reconnecting with uh, Red Lane, uh, the person that wrote this. Red Lane was yes. Yeah, uh, a profound, um, a profound writer uh, and man of Nashville. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Big time. Just. Uh, his his real name, by the way, um, his real name is 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 kind of great. I, I mean, it's not great for country music, but if he would, he was going into some other profession, like say um, as a writer or something or, mm. or, or academic, his his real name was was his first name Willis, and his middle name was Rudolph, and his last name was De Lauter, spelled like the Delauter. word laughter laughter nice i remember hollis his first name yeah hollis, hollis was his first hollis name. rudolph yeah. de lauder hollis de lauder yeah i remember thinking s de lauder um <laughs> and yeah i was wondering if there's a family connection there but hollis yeah um and he did you know uh he he worked with everybody um yeah. you know and and just you know he was a machine he was he was the the spinning spinning gold out of straw uh type character um uh and so yeah yeah i just do, he, do he think, stood out to me do you think red lane do you think that name came to him like because it sounded cool or do you think this was one of those moments where he it you know he saw he saw something like he just he happened to be i don't know yeah it, it was like I, he's driving or something and then like i don't know the color of the road changed for some reason i don't know you know i mean people of that the name red I, I've known a couple of people in, in my past with the name Red, and it was always just out of ease. It was always they had, yeah. you know, a super long name and they were just like, ah, just Red, call me Red. Um, red. Yeah. I don't know if it's, you know, rooted in Rudolph or, or what. Um, but, yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't even think about that. Yes, middle name you know, being Rudolph. Rudolph, you know, maybe they, <laughs> they came out his nose turned red when he drank or something like that. But um, uh, yeah. He was, um, I, I, I knew him, um, uh, you know, the, the association with, I call him the highwayman, even when they were 
this unassociated with each, but he wrote for Waylon Jennings and Merrill Haggard and, and Willie Nelson and, and just anybody that you would go, you know, of that group. He was the one providing a lot of songs for him. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Arkansas Love and Man is uh this is a cool, like rockabilly style song. It probably has the coolest guitar riff or guitar lick, you know, whatever you want to call it on the album. Just the way it starts off is not like a, a typical country song. It, it definitely sounds a bit more rock and roll. And I mean, when, here listening to the song, I can I can see so many like modern day rockabilly bands like covering this because sure. It, it also like the theme to the song is is obviously it's it's about a it's a man that loves to cat around. Like he likes mm-hmm. to get around. He likes the ladies, um, but he doesn't like the ladies too much because you know. He, which is interesting you know it's if hit him it, and quit him he's moving on hit him and quit him but you know that that's what happened you know, that was the end of the mississippi man so <laughs> yeah, you know true. i mean that's that's <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing i'm i did it, it only occurred to me right now as you describe it that way but um you know we're sort of seeing both sides of uh of the of the tale here both yeah, sides of the story I, yeah arkansas he should have stayed in arkansas that was his problem he traveled down to mississippi and look with it yeah yeah uh, <laughs> buried in the sand yeah but uh yeah i like I, I like this one it's a good one um you know and you know even though he's he's a player he's a womanizer he didn't kill any of them so gotta hand it to them right right <laughs> yeah uh and then the, the the album finishes with miracle man with cash, miracle man cash credit uh, I so I know this is a cash one because I remember kind of in my mind just I, I again I played this game early on being like how many songs did he write on this album oh only two three and I remember the last one being a um, cash song but I is it is it a duo uh, not yeah. a duo writing credit but I think is is it him and his wife did they it was another I uh, no it's, it's uh, a no. guy named Larry Lee okay I've never heard of but yeah this is a this is a co credit writing song between johnny and this this other guy um yeah and this is this is a song about jesus what else can song, say? song about jesus and a bit of you know a little bit of a dirge it, it it's um in this regard it's not out of step for johnny cash you know mm-hmm. uh it has that real slow you know kind of three chord but it 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 opens itself up to you know the the gospel singers in the background and and um uh or is it gospel just that that moment yeah nearer to you or nearer yeah. to the i feel yeah yeah and you know um, and it's it's not it's not really all that like i you know it's not really all that boring or sort of like cliche like yeah we get it sort of thing it it is actually you know it is kind of more about this like comparing yourself to like struggle Sure. Well, what what it talks about is tax forms or he always (laughs) files a short. I mean, he, he, he modernizes it, you know, he, he, um, um, yeah, he, he, it's, he makes it personal to the time for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, you know, he talks about like, I, you know, I've never had to do these things. So, you know, he's, you know, it, it, it's a humbleness. It's sort of the humility that, that is part of the whole, you know, Christian now it's also a i mean i can't off the top of my head i couldn't cite song or album but i know that of that group 
and of the time for country music, you threw a religious song onto your album. You know, you had one. Yeah. You you kind of you kind of gave gave one to the crowd. Um, and so you know, I think it's his nod to that. And yeah. you mentioned, and it's it's likely true. I mean, there was a time where Johnny Cash was a hard drinking, hard cranking man, and you know, I think he had to put the brakes on that. And, you know, so if, if this is a part of that, I think, you know, more, more power to him for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, and, you know, was, making it, making it the closer is, is, is like, it's smart, you know, cause it's like, you, yeah. you know, you get to the end of it and uh, the, the party album. is over. Yeah. That is the, that is the last, <laughs> you're not, yeah. You're not talking, you're not moving on to your next song about killing somebody. No. uh after uh after this one so <laughs> no, this this is the one where it's like it, it oh it's the album's over uh saturday night is over you know sunday morning has come uh mm-hmm. here you go here's the miracle you know don't don't forget the miracle man <laughs> yeah don't forget the miracle that's exactly right yeah uh yeah so uh yeah we'll talk about the players on this um obviously you got the Carter family helped him out all the time. They're on yeah. it. Uh, the Evangel Temple Choir, you know, um, for sure doing the backing vocals on that last track. Uh, Marshall Grant playing bass, his original guy from the Tennessee Two. And so, okay, yep, yep. I was going to say just in general, I think the the bass and the guitar. Who's the guitar? So you got, there's a lot of guitar players on this. A lot we'll, of guitar players. We'll, we'll, and... get to, we'll get to them in just a minute. Okay. Uh, but yeah, drums is uh, W.S. Holland. And he was a member of the Tennessee Three when the Tennessee Two became Three. Oh, by, okay. the, by the way, Grant, uh, Marshall Grant uh, passed on 2011. Holland uh, died 2020. A lot of these, a lot of these guys like just recently um oh, shuff- wow. shuffled off went and you know to join the miracle man uh yeah so yeah so guitars now uh there's a couple guest spots carl perkins and jerry reed right uh, jerry reed was was on this i was gonna i wanted to identify so bob Wooten. yeah that's the that's the that's the sound right that's the most consistent guitar sound you know yeah. contributor He's, to johnny cash's music at the time yeah he so he was a tennessee three i want to give him yeah. a shout out but yeah yeah okay. bob, bob yeah. Wooten. he he replaced uh the original guy luther perkins because luther perkins died in a house fire and he was oh, your wow. he was the original tennessee two guy and then okay then stepped in bob Wooten, and I, again bob Wooten died 2017 so yeah another another recent guy gone um and then there was another guy who's a session guy uh roy edenton um never really heard of him but you know he was there in the in the nashville studios at columbia record studios he was always there you know to fill in mm. uh he is still alive kicking at the age of 95 oh wow yeah the only guy still alive from this record <laughs> of that group huh nice uh then the yeah they brought in a guy to play acoustic uh tommy alsop uh he has had a long storied career he was a member of buddy holly's crickets 
uh he was the oh, last wow. he was like the last member of the crickets uh he ended up dying in 2017 as well but yeah tommy alsup was he was a big time uh uh session musician um so he was just playing the acoustics on that uh harmonica you got a guy named charlie mccoy grammy winner he's played harmonica forever yeah yeah i knew so charlie mccoy was a name that i recognized from the back of of different albums um and i i can't i can't pull any of them at the moment but i know that he was uh big with um elvis presley and um just just really in that scene uh at a set you know it was a session session artist but highly sought after and, and I mean, her, people want harmonica on their albums, uh, but it's, you know, it's obviously a very specific instrument. So this guy that's makes a sure great, to get really good at it. Yeah, I mean, that's a great way. The thing about the harmonica, it's kind of like the bagpipes. There's none, there's no room for error. You know, you're either really good or you really suck. And there's no way to, you know, with the guitar, you can sort of hide behind some missteps. And, you know, you still got, if you screw one string up, you still got, you still got five others to sort of balance it out. But the harmonica is like tennis. It's just you against, against an opponent, you know? Yeah. And I mean, if you're going to be the best, you're going to be in such high demand and you'll never have to worry. You'll never have to worry about like, no. you know, auditioning because you don't, when you're Charlie McCoy, you don't need to audition. They're just like, just get. Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, Bill Purcell played the piano, another big time session musician and arranger. Yeah. Uh, he just died 2020 um pretty recently but yeah he he did a lot like he was a like he was a piano player for a long time and then became an arranger he tried to do his own his own solo stuff released a couple pop albums uh just went back to being a session musician Um, yeah and then the producer larry butler he was the in-house guy at columbia records uh, he is the only guy from Nashville to ever win a Grammy for best producer. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I, cool. I, I did not know that. I was kind of shocked to, to find out that like, yeah, Nashville producers uh, don't win uh, ever, except for this one guy. They, they never get the, the big award. Well, I, you know, I think, I think that the, you know, obviously the country music awards is something that was created. It was born of, of lack of recognition so yeah. you know I, I think that 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 might be one of the driving forces behind uh you know a competing <laughs> uh, a competing musical award show yeah i mean you're, you're right about that i mean just look uh the, he's the only one and uh i mean obviously they're going to give it to this guy he you know he produced the gambler yeah uh, okay I, yeah. I don't know if that's the grammy he won for but <laughs> Come on. But he should have if he didn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's your crew on a thing called Love. Uh and that's the album. It let's see, it it uh peaked at number two on the country charts, peaked at 112 on the regular billboard awards. So but it got, you know, I I'm I you know, it's going back to kind of how we started the how we opened for the impact that this album had i am i was surprised that i was so unfamiliar with it um Mm -hmm. you know and it wasn't like i said i mean i was aware of albums that came out earlier than this and after this and yet 
this was just one that was not on my radar. And, you know, honestly, I'm not, I'm not going to come away from this experience claiming it as my new favorite album. No. Um, you know, it's, no, it's, I mean, it's, 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 it's a, it's a good album. It's um, uh, yeah. Like, you know, the, even though like the singles off of this, like charted real high, that's mm-hmm. probably just because of Johnny Cash's recognition, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I have an interesting, I have a note that's interesting to me and possibly you as well, given previous appearances on this show with you so on america four of Uh johnny cash's album the duet i'm so lonesome i could cry yeah do you know who he did that with uh nick drake nick (laughs) it was nick cave nick cave he sang that with oh yeah that guy i get those two mixed up all the time all the time well you know i my fear was that i was you know now i know my fear was that i was getting him confused with nick cannon which is (laughs) you know it's completely it's another nick but i knew i was trying to figure out why nick cave was uh stuck in my head that was you know like i said america four was a part of my my background i'm not a huge fan of the bad seeds but i went back and and you know delved into the connection a little bit more um we gotta we gotta get we gotta get nick cannon nick cave to do a duet now I yeah, mean, we, you, you, I'm sure you have both of them on speed dial. Yeah, I'll I'll get on that. You know, I can Instagram. Instagram's like right to right to the DMs on, oh, on both of those. You were going to say something about the cash and credit game. Just that it's so I'm I'm I am elated that your mind went to the same place that mine did as I was going through this, and you know, the last the last show I was on with you was Stevie Wonder who wrote you know 95 percent of what was going on if not all of what was going on versus this where you go and start to really compare song by song uh and style by style and see the influence of these different writers on the finished product and it was amazing to to go holy cow you know that's that is definitely johnny cash's voice that is definitely not his writing style he did not write this song yeah. um and not as an accusation i mean again we i think we're we're giving testament to the you know, and credit to the people who you know looked at johnny cash and said your voice is going to sound great doing this thing that i'm working on yeah like what i mean why wouldn't you want johnny cash to play your song i you'd be thrilled yeah. um yeah cool well hey another great episode with you gabe uh, Another one in the can. Thanks so much. This has been a nice little reprieve from uh, the day to day. And I hope you're, I mean, you're much more engaged with this. Go, you got a, your, your plate is going to be full with, with albums turning 50, but um, you know, this is, I've really been enjoying this process and, and hearing what you're producing and thanks so much for letting me be a part of it. Yeah. Give us the sign out. Give us the what? Say that again. Give us the sign off. <laughs> Give, give you the sign off. Thanks for listening, boys and girls out in uh, oh, man. <laughs> out in out in Radio Land. No, no, come on, come on, Gabe. What do I say at the end of every episode? Oh, come on! Do you keep putting me on the spot like that? <laughs> I have shit the bed, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Happy fiftieth no. birthday, Gabe. Happy. F- okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs>